I'll tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, just this one time, there is a, a fear that people have in church. And I'm not talking about from your perspective, but I'm talking about from the pulpit perspective. There's a fear that, that if things get out of control in church, we might offend people or people might react or people might be afraid. What if someone starts speaking in tongues and gives a word of knowledge? What if someone just gives a, a prophecy? What, what, if, what if people just start falling under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit or just lay there weeping and crying under the conviction of the Holy Spirit? What if all that stuff? So, so what has happened is, is we have tried to control from the pulpit, we've tried to control what happens. That's not God. And you know what I believe? I believe that when we interact with his presence, he uses you. He uses you. Now, just even the ideal of you coming right now and, 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 and just finding someone to pray with was, is what we call the Minnesota uncomfortable. We don't do that stuff. But that's church. That's church. My goal is to, to come to church and, and to go home and say, what happened? They didn't even need me. Because this happened, this happened, this happened, and that's God. And here's what I do love, that when people experience the presence of God, you don't have to convince them. You don't have to convince them. So, so that's my goal for church. I don't want to just be a church that we, we have an order of schedule and we do these things. And yes, I, I plan and I prepare and I try to keep those things, you know, uh, orderly as, as possible. But this is all about the Holy Spirit. This is all about what God wants to do. And when you get out of the way, he does some amazing things. When, when the Lord um, asked me to get my software for my Bible program, this was years ago. And, and this was, you know, during that time where, um, you know, we didn't have anything. And, and, uh, and so the Lord asked me to buy my Bible program. And, and you know, and this is something I really wanted. It was, it was costly. It was an investment. And it was state-of-the-art. And it was great. And I mean, I mean that. Like, like, I used to sit there and try to study. And it would take me hours just to parse all of the different words. And I mean, it was a lot of work. And here I can do it with just a click of a button and it's something I wanted. But we didn't have anything. We didn't have the funds for it. Just even getting to the place where I was, I saw it was even a miracle. And, and so I'm sitting there and God's like, do you want that software? And I said, yes, I want that software. And he says, get it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get it. And, uh, but he said, get it. And, and so I got it and, and they, they signed me up for a payment plan. And and the payment plan, either I could choose between a 50 a 75 or a $100 uh, payment plan. And, you know, being kind of using my mind and my understanding. Because at this time, as of right now, we live by faith. I mean, we, we don't have any other income coming in except for what God provides in the church or, or God provides outside the church from people that bless us. But this is it. This is it. This is, I'm doing what God asked me to do. 11 years ago, and, 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 and it's, it's been a process. And so, so I, I, I just, I don't even know what my budget looks like, and how am I supposed to plan on, on an extra 50 to to $100 a month, and I just have no clue, and, and so I'm just trying to use my best 
Dave Ramsey approach and trying to be real all budget-minded. And, and I said, well, I'll go with the $50 one. And he says, ah. He says, you know, I, he goes, I don't want to try to sell you something just to sell you something, but that you're not going to get a lot of benefit out of that. It's, you, you can just go online and get this kind of stuff. But if you, if you upgrade to the $75 one, then you'll have all the tools and data set that I'm showing you. But if you really, really do want to make the investment, go for the $100 a month plan. And, and I guarantee you that, that you, will not be, you will not be disappointed. And so I said, oh, you know what, I, I'm going to go with the $75 one then. Because, you know, I, I, did, I wanted something that was good, and the Lord told me to get it, but I knew I couldn't afford $100 a month. And so I got it, and my wife, I told my wife about it. She told me to get it, and, you know, and, and we went forward, and we did it. I come home, and I'm like thinking, what did I just do? I, I signed up to get something that I have no money for. The very next day, I get a phone call. Someone says, hey, we want to bless you with gas this month. We want to bless you. We want to bless you with $100 for gas. I said, oh, first month covered. Thank you, Jesus. And then our friends called back the next day. Oh, we forgot to tell you, we want to do it for one year. You see, when you let God lead, he's going to put you in some spots you don't understand. But you got to know something that he is the good shepherd. He is the one who wants to lead you. You know, there, there, are, there are people in this world that take advantage of people. There are people, there are people, there are people in our government that take advantage of you. There are people in our, in our, our, our world that takes advantage of other people. And they, they do it because they know that you are sheeple. That's what they call you, sheeple. That, that just little sheep that just get pulled by their nose and believe and do whatever they want. They can tell you whatever you want. And they will, they just, you know, they know that you will follow them. You won't even question it. And so secret societies call these people sheeple. And I once heard that if that term offends you, then you're probably a sheeple. You know, it's just people don't want to be, you know, be thought of that way. But when we just follow and do what everyone says, we are no different. We just go along. Okay, this is what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to pay income tax even though it's not legal. Okay, no problem. No problem. You know, you're supposed to give up all your medical data during a pandemic because it's a pandemic. No problem. No problem. And this is what people refer to as sheeple. It doesn't offend me because I am a sheep. I am. Because I have a shepherd that I can trust. So turn with me to Psalm 23. And I just want to talk about our shepherd this morning. Because if we trust our shepherd, he is going to lead us sometimes into places we do not want to go. If we trust our shepherd, he is going to take us to places that look pretty scary, pretty difficult, pretty impossible. But we must know that our shepherd is good. Matter of fact, as you turn to Psalm 23... I'm just going to read from you, for you, in John 10, what Jesus has to say. He says this in John 10. Very truly, I tell you, tell you Pharisees, anyone who not, does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. 
the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The one who is doing it the right way. The one who is honest. The one who is fully transparent with what he does and who he is, is the shepherd for the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He has brought them out all out of his own and he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Jesus is letting us know that our Father can be trusted. That if you open yourself to him, if you allow yourself to follow him, no matter where he takes you, you must know this, that he is a good shepherd and he will never lead you to a place that will bring you to a, to a situation where he abandons you because he'll always be there. It may be difficult. It may not be fun. It may be Minnesota winter, but it doesn't matter because our shepherd will always lead us to the place where he wants to take us. And you know where that place is? It's a good place. It's a good place. I'll tell you this. There is not one ounce of me that ever regrets walking away 11 years ago from the life that we had. There is not one ounce of regret of me ever giving up my full-time job at a place that provided for my family to live in this situation that we are today. Why? Because my shepherd has always been good. My shepherd will always lead me to the place that I need to be. And that's why I love him so much. And that's why you can trust him so much. Wherever you are in this world, whatever journey, whatever path you are in your journey towards him, remember this, your father loves you. And he is just inviting you to open your gate to him and let him lead you. And he may take you to places you don't like, but in the end, you will discover a couple things. Number one, that he loves you. Number two, that he's your friend. And number three, that he, why am I saying three? I'm a preacher, right? One, two, three. And number three, because he is good. He is good. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Period. Look at the declaration that David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Period. I was not planning on preaching this this morning. This was something that I did just a few days ago as I was standing by my office door knowing that when I walk in my office door there's a lot of things that are waiting for me inside that aren't good there's a lot of troubles and tribulations inside my office waiting for me and I stood outside my door and I grabbed my Bible and I said Lord is my shepherd I lack nothing period and that is what David is trying for us to get to to help us to understand that if you make that declaration you better believe it you better believe it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Period. But you know us. We got to know the details. We got to know how. We got to know where. We got we to gotta see it. And that's why my, usually my first response is, Bah, what? Because <laughs> I'm human too. When we go through things we don't like, we're always, what? What? But you got to know this, that the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing, period. That is the declaration. Now, I'm telling you this. If you take a step of faith and you say, okay, I'm going to trust my shepherd and I'm going to believe that I would never lack anything, I guarantee you all hell will come against you. 
Because if the devil can convince you that he is not good, if the devil can convince you that he's lied, if the devil can convince you that he will not be there for you, then you won't follow him. But I tell you, if you follow him, he will lead you to a place that is far beyond your dreams. So David makes this declaration, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, period. He makes me lie down in green pasture and leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Look at what David is saying. He says, my God leads me to a place where I find peace, I find rest, I find deliverance, I find satisfaction, I find that place where I can just say, ah, it is so important for us to know that that's where God is leading us. And it says this, even, and he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. God is interested in his name. You know, we gave our kids as they were growing up and going into the public school, we said, go in the name of Jesus. Do not defile the name of Jesus or the name of the Ortegas. <laughs> right? Because, you know, don't mess it up. Because it's our name. It's who we are. It's our reputation. And the thing is, is that we're not, you know, we're not, we're not saying that our kids have to be perfect and all that. They make mistakes and they do things, you know. Every time we come home, they just love to always talk about the dumb things they did in school. And, and you know, my son, he loves to talk about his technical foul, you know, because he, he got a technical foul in a basketball game and he went in the locker room and repeated everything the guy said. You know, he just says, hey, I'm not swearing. I'm just repeating what he said, Dad, you know. And, and so, you know, they, they, they talk about all this stuff and they go on and all this stuff. And, you know, we, we have them at home and all this. But you know what? It's our name. And praise the Lord, when he left high school, our name was still good. But I care more about my kids than my reputation, so don't, don't misunderstand me. But we're, we're interested in our name. It's who we are. The Bible says that even though I are, he guides me along the right path for his name's sake, God is interested in his name. What is his name? I am that I am. What is his name? That I am the God of compassion who abounds in love, who is patient and kind. This is who God is. This is his name. And he's not going to ruin his name. That's why many times when the Israelites were out there in the desert, they said, are you going to abandon us so that our enemies can say, look at what this God has done? No, he will protect them. Why? Because it's his name. And so you may be going through things you don't understand, but I'm telling you this, if you hold on to him, it is for his name's sake that you will discover how great and how good he is. People will look at your life and say, wow, that must be God. That must be God. It's for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley, through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. You know, we sometimes quote this, and we think, you know, we're trying to be all tough. I don't see this. I think David is being honest. David says there are times when I'm going to walk through the darkest valleys. I will fear no evil. And he's not talking about someone who just sit there and say, hey, I'm not afraid. I'm macho, macho. No, he's talking about someone who knows something that he started off with. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So even though it looks scary and even though it seems like it's going to overwhelm me and overtake me, I know this, that the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And even though I go through the darkest and the, the loneliest times, I will fear no evil because you are with me. There is something about God being with us that brings comfort and peace knowing that he's beside us. 
knowing that He stands with us. So even though I go through those times, He's with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, a lot of times we don't like discipline. You know, as remember when you were kids and your parents would discipline you? Remember when, you know, you go through those moments and you didn't like it? And I remember crying. I remember crying to, to you know, in my room after I got whooped or after I got disciplined. You know, this is, this is the worst day of my life. You know, my parents don't love me. And I would just cry and all that. And, and then I realized that, man, there's going to be plenty of worse days in my life. But that's not the worst day. But you know what I did not see in those moments was their love and their care for their son when they disciplined me. We don't see it as kids. But that's what he's doing. And that's what the rod and the staff is for. It's not to beat you down. It's not to, to discipline you just because they're upset with you. It is to lead you to a better place and a better life. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemy. Sometimes, you know, when we read this, we think that David is gloating. Ha! You prepare a table before my enemy. No. This is what David recognizes. That people will see I am blessed. Even my enemies will see that my God is with me. He prepares the table for me and he anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. The ideal of anointing your head with oil is the separation that you have been consecrated unto God. You are his. And then finally, David concludes, surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of your life. I love this, this ending here because David, in the, in the context of the, the Hebrew language, it means this, that your goodness and your love and your love will pursue me all the days of my life. It will pursue me. This morning as I was getting ready for church and I was just in a, just thoughts and prayer and, and as I'm just getting ready and, and I'm, in the, I'm in the bathroom and, and two years ago the Lord, or three years ago, the Lord came into the bathroom and, and told me, just a simple little line that, that helped me when I was literally at my lowest. And it was January 5th, 2020. And I am there just broken, just broken. That day I come to church and I just, I hid in the back room. I didn't even want to come out. I was, I was broken. And it was in this moment, it was in this moment that the Lord told me, listen to me, Pete. Bless my boy. Listen to me. God wanted me to hear him say that. Bless my boy. And so I was reflecting on that this morning as I'm getting ready. And I looked up to the, to the ceiling as I did back then. And I looked up to the ceiling. And all I could say was this. God, you knew every single mistake I would ever do. You knew all the times I would turn my back on you and run from you. You knew the times when I wouldn't listen to you. You knew the times when I refused to obey you. God, you knew every sin and every mistake I would ever make. You knew that before I even did it because you are God. You know everything. And yet, with all of that knowledge about who I am, you called me. You put your oil upon me. You separated. You consecrated me. And you wanted me to be in this place today knowing everything about me. 
And then I said, you have pursued me all my life because you love me. And I just want to tell you this morning, God, I love you. You see, God has been pursuing you your whole life. Now, people have rejected him, and people can ignore him, and people can run from him, but his love will never, ever leave you. Even when you go through times when you're separated from him, he will pursue you. Why? He loves you. And if that God loves you that much that he would send his son to die for you, even if you may never even accept his gift, how much does he love those who put their faith and their trust in him? How much does he love those who take God as their shepherd and say, I will follow you? He loves you that much. So this morning, whatever you lack, whatever you go through, whatever you're, you're, you're dealing with, just know this, that your God is the good shepherd and he is pursuing you. He loves you. And you can put your faith and your trust in him. This is who I want people to know, that God. That God that can be trusted. That God that loves you. And so whatever you need, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe 2023 is going to be one of the greatest years we will all see because I believe it's time that people discovered how great he is, that he is still the good shepherd. People are looking for things in this world. They're looking for things. And right now, thanks to our economy and thanks to our situation, people know they need help. And this is where God is going to reveal his glory. And I believe we're going to be a part of that. But you hold on. You remember that your shepherd loves you. And even when you make mistakes, he will continue to pursue you because he loves you that much.